Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. Having received calls that cats are missing and some dead, the coterie investigated. Everett suspected that Harvey may be the perpetrator. Doris considered the suggestions for the Friendship Festival. Evangeline learned that Everett broke the chair from Costas, and Val refused to use Cherry as a squad car after what happened last time. With 45 animals now found dead, will the sheriff be able to confront his good friend? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Everett, Evangeline, and Val. You stand over this pit of bodies and realize the first thing you have to decide is what you are going to tell Doris when you get back to the house in like two minutes. Well, we need to tell her to protect her cats and not let them out. Right, but also how do we, she's part of this investigation. How are we going to tell her that there's, what, 40, 45, maybe 50 dead animals down here? She, She talked about setting someone on fire for killing a few animals. Is she, you two know her better than I do. Is she going to be able to keep this kind of thing under her hat? Is she going to be able to, you know, comport herself professionally as a deputy of the sheriff's department throughout this investigation? Or is she going to go scorched earth on this whole neighborhood? I mean, she is several hundred years old, so she's probably seen worse. All right, so she'll... She'll be professional. She'll be able to conduct this investigation without bias, and we can we can get this wrapped up without any sort of, for lack of a better term, dramatics. Which I know I myself am have been prone to in this town. But you know, we all got to try and keep keep each other in check with this. What did I hear you call it? Like a like a beast or something? Val is squatted down, looking at this just mass of bodies. Just Val, can you roll me a wits and awareness? Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. I'm t- garbage. Just one success. <laughs> that was a lot of dice to get one success. Get down You're... on yourself. Don't roll the dice and say, oh, geez, I'm garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. Val, Val, there's just so many animals and so many things going on that you're caught up in the conversation and can't really sift through this scene as specifically as you might want to. Uh, so you can just continue with the conversation. You don't see anything of value in the pile. This is fucked up. People are going to be more mad about this than the fucking explosion. So, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, all the more reason to get this done quickly, quietly, and cleanly. You know. It's about time we, this department has a fucking feather in its cap about something. Well, if this is the indication of vampires that need to feed on animals, probably need to figure out a fucking system for it in New Haven. So this shit doesn't keep happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got to say, uh, I I think I kind of knew Harb's, you know, feeding habits. And this seems like a lot for... The amount of time he's been here, uh-huh. the uh, Hawaiian shirt does not do him any favors in terms of 
proven his innocence, but uh, maybe it's not just him. Maybe there's more folks down here doing this. Could Either be. way, we're gonna need we're gonna need Officer Barber down here because God, I don't know if this is some some kind of ritual or or what's going on. So, yes. All right, we might as well call her down. And I think at the same time we should call for someone to stay here and surveil the area. No. Well, it's just us. We're the night, the night shift. Well, then surveil during the day. I don't know. Don't we have cameras and stuff we can set up? Uh, do we have that kind of stuff? Uh, cameras you could theoretically order. You do have enough day officers. You could have somebody watch it by day. Uh, I will say, because your investigation score was like through the fucking roof. So the score that you all made there, it's clear that these animals all died by bite. It was not uh, a tool, so you would not expect a mortal to be behind this. So surveilling this yeah. by day would not serve much of a purpose. Okay. So the question I mean, is, do you summon Doris here, or do you go to tell Doris what you saw? I think we summon Doris Sir, <clears throat> I think we should bring Doris down here. Telling her up there in front of that child may uh, may not be the best move. And Well, yeah, we definitely don't want to tell the child. Well, yes, that that as well. So, All do you right. radio Doris, or just want to go get her? <laughs> yeah, Val can just walk back, tromp up the path through all the holes that she made to get Doris. <laughs> it's easy enough. Uh, and you you step into the house and you just see Doris and Jiro having just an, an intense conversation. Which cat are you telling Jiro about right now, Doris? Um, um, I'm telling him about Brian. Um, my fourth cat, who is black and white and has a little mustache. Um, and he's, um, he's perhaps the fanciest of all my children. Um, won't eat dry food. One time I had, <laughs> one time I had someone in my box, in the box in my <laughs> attic. And, yeah. uh, and, and when I took them out, Brian tried to eat what was ever in there, and I think it changed him. Oh, was it candy? To him, it was. How did he change? Did he get fancier? Does he have a hat? He's just sometimes he gets angry. Oh, that happens to me too. But big feelings are okay. You don't have to feel bad about big feelings. I agree. Oh my Ooh. god, this kid has the loveliest parents. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and the back door opens and Val, you step in like a Terminator with flakes of broken fence just falling off of your uniform. Your big you, friend you is came here. up a separate way. They were there all along. They're just still a little bit. Right, right. Your big friend is here. Did you find Doris. did you find Mr. Kitty? No, Doris, we need you in the back. Leave the kid. <laughs> um, would you like to see my sketches? And she's done like not just one sketch, but she's made like a cartoon panel of like mm. this subject, like making off with the cat. Mm. Um, bring the very good the sheriff. <laughs> right? Val, when you when you look at the sketches, this is one hundred percent Harv. Like, there's no question that this is Harv. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you um, know who it is? 
<laughs> their long silence, Val will look at this child and say, that's police business. Oh, uh, I'm not old enough to be a businessman. So, okay. You guys, mm-hmm. you guys got to go outside. Yes. Go, go watch your sea sponge show. Okay. I'll do that. You guys have fun. Uh, it's, I, I, I'll leave the back door unlocked, but just for a few minutes until you, you come back. Otherwise I got to lock it. Right. That'll stop us. Yep. Yep. Nobody can come in if you lock the doors and the windows. So that's how you stay safe. And you only answer the door to the police. And as they're walking out, Val, she just, Doris looks at Val and just says, uh, why are you covered in fence? Val will not reply to that, but we'll turn to the little kid and just, yeah, you should keep the doors locked. Stay safe, okay? And then we'll walk out. Okay, bye. She's scary, but I bet she's fun. Uh, And then he runs over to watch TV. Right, so walk. you can advance uh, for you. There's no role, Doris, to try to get to the ravine because there's a Val-shaped path through all of the fences that mm-hmm. Val walks mm-hmm. through a third time. You're not making three paths; it's just the one, unless you really want to trash this place, no, Val. No. <laughs> um, and and Val would definitely watch Doris and be I mean, watch her step, make sure she's propped up. So, Doris, you are brought down to the ravine uh, and brought to the site of, for lack of a better term, uh, the animal massacre in a pile. Everett is outside the cave as she comes right. down and just wants to give Doris the heads up kind of thing. I'm just like, uh, Officer Barbara, it is pretty grim in there. Just right. so you can prepare yourself. Right. All right, come on in. We're going to need your, uh, your occult or magical uh expertise on this one. Oh dear as you step inside you see the massive pile of bodies uh evangelina standing next to it with percy who is percy struggling. is in my arms to be oh clear. i was gonna say percy's in your arms percy is also hungry though so percy is very interested in this pile because there are a bunch of things percy would be very okay with eating but he is a professional <laughs> so he is trying to stay professional and not eat evidence uh Doris, what is your reaction? What do you do? Um, I think, yeah, I think she just walks in and freezes and just says, who would do this? Well, we're going to try and figure that out. Uh, I may just, I may just sketch. And she's just going to kind of hold out the, the paper and not even looking at you, but like hold it out for you to take. Uh, Everett will will take it. Oh yeah, all right. This is the only one that uh, the kid saw. The only person. She just nods. All right. Um, we need carry to on alert- the investigation. I need to uh, step outside and make a phone call. We need to alert the entire town to not let their children out of the house. Uh, I mean, there aren't, there aren't any children in there. She's these, talking about the, the these are oh, children. Sorry. Uh, I mean, children. yeah, I think, I think if he wanted me to roll, like I could do the, um, set, would it be like sense the unseen? 
I would say we could use Sense the Unseen as a way to try to spot if there's any ritual significance. Like, yeah. it's the same way that you'd spot, like, if there was a pattern hidden in something or if magic yeah. was involved. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, ooh, that's, uh, three dice. That's two successes. Two successes. You don't sense anything magical about this. It doesn't seem like there's a significance. There's no pattern to the ratio of the animals you're seeing. Okay. They haven't been laid out in an important way. There's none of the the ancillary details you would look for, even if someone had hidden a ritual. Like, there isn't something crossed out or on the walls. There's nothing burnt away. It just looks like a pile of corpses. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what she would say. It was just like, just, there's just bodies Nothing else. Everett stepped outside. So how did Val or Evangeline respond to this? Val is going to look because she doesn't mind going through these bodies. Just going to look, grabbing ones with collars and see if Mr. Kitty is in here somewhere. Great. Let's get a uh, Whitson investigation. Okay. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to roll to get an extra dice for that. I'm going to surge because... This is okay. I passed it. All right. Perfect. So, so your vampire vision sharpens in the dark, mm-hmm. uh, and you are ev- ever more determined to find what you're looking I for. I got two successes. Two successes. You sadly do find the collar of Mr. Kitty. Mm. Uh, there is no cat attached to it, but the collar is there. She'll hand the collar to Doris. Um, she's she'll look at it and. Say, uh, right? We need to, we need to tell him. Well, there's no body, I mean. No. Children don't leave their colors behind. Someone's going to pay for this. And then she's oh. just going to walk out of the cave. Meanwhile, that has been that decision has been made. Everett, you are outside wanting to make a call. Who are you calling? Harvey. I'm calling Harvey. Ah, oh, a shocking twist. Big <laughs> uh, surprise there. I'm going to call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Everett, how you doing? Uh, hey there, Harve. Uh, any chance you're uh, doing a show tonight or anything like that? Oh, yeah, I mean, I do a show every night, but I ain't started yet. You know, the openers are doing their hours. Each each opener has an hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they also do like a combined hour where like who has another one? So there's like three, four hours of openers before I kick off my two. And you get two. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great contract. And, Pay me yeah. so much. Wow. Well, uh, so you think it'd be all right if I... Swung by the club tonight and maybe checked out your show and caught up with you. Yeah, yeah, you'd be, you're totally welcome to swing by. I mean, the, uh, if, if you're bringing any of your friends with you, I, I gave you those those I gave those comps to Evangeline, but those are all the comps that I, that I was able to give out this week. So I guess you and Evangeline can get in for free, but anybody else wants to come, they're gonna have to pay. Yeah, I was thinking I'd probably have to come with some of my friends to come see you. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll use those tickets. Maybe maybe buy some more if. Uh, if we all decide to come along. Oh, great. That's so exciting. These crowds have been pretty sparse, but you know what? I get paid by show, so I don't care. Uh, yeah, you swing on by. We'll see you soon. All right, then, Harv. Uh, break, uh, break a leg up there, and I'll, I'll see you soon. 
awesome. This is going to be a good night. I'm excited. And he hangs up seemingly touched by the fact that you called to want to see his show. Oh. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> putting my and phone Doris away. stomps out next to you, uh, determined that someone has to pay for this. Where are you heading from here? What is the plan? Me? I, I mean, everybody. It's like you've oh. got the scene, but the vampires are following right. you. You've come out. Everett's got off the phone. It's time for the group to figure out where. what's the next step. She's just going towards the house. Val is following Doris and will try, before she gets to the house, to put a hand on Doris's shoulder and just, Doris, maybe you should wait to tell him until his parents are home. He needs to learn what it's like to lose so he can learn vengeance. Evangeline's coming up behind them and just like, no, 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 no one is talking to this child about a crime without his parents present. Honestly, even going into the house without the like, this is all, this is all, this is not, none of this is right. Someone is, has to wait here. She's right. And, uh, Officer Barbara, it sounds like you and this kid built uh, quite a rapport, but ultimately it's going to have to be a conversation with the parents, with the adults of New Haven. And so, uh, Officer Clark, I think you're better suited for that kind of FaceTime with the public. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Rest of us are heading over to uh, Comedy Club. Harvey's performing there tonight. We got to talk to him. Why do we have to talk to your friend? He matches the description that Jiro gave, and we need to get to the bottom of this. We're going to talk to him first, Officer Barber. Can I expect you to be a professional about this, or is this getting kind of personal for you? Of course I'll be a professional, Mr. Fry. Are you Good. telling the truth or not, Doris? Because we have to make him do a roll, depending on <laughs> if you're lying or that's true. <laughs> I think she's telling her truth. Um, whether or not in the moment, that changes. Great. Everett, that seems as true as Doris can be, but clearly she's on edge. I don't think you need a roll for that one. Doris is, you know, Doris is... Very hard to read sometimes. <laughs> a little bit. Definitely. Uh, all right. So I want to make sure that I understand this plan. Are all four of you going to the comedy club or Evangeline, are you staying? I'm staying behind I, to wait. I to just talk want to, to remind parents. you, this is against Bart's policy. So you can choose this. But remember what happened the last time you guys split up? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. The other but option would be to put a date, one of the daytime crew who's on at night to go like supervise the house for you if you wanted to do that. You do have that option. Well, with Harvey giving me the, his openers doing whatever it is, five hours of material, <laughs> we can all wait for the parents to get home who little Jiro said they'll be home in an hour. You know, there's still, we could still thoroughly investigate, maybe question other neighbors and stuff like that. If other callers show up in the pile of like addresses, start talking to some other people while we wait for the parents to come home, give them the, the grim news. And then we can all move to the club together. 
Because I, I, I mean, I'm fine if you guys want to split up. It's just you've split up before and got kidnapped, and the last time, even when you were working together, a bomb went off and 15 people died. So I just, just placing those stakes gently in your head. Are you as ready to leave one officer in a house and go somewhere without them? I don't know. I'm not defining that for you, but I just want to make sure that um, table is set. That's actually a good point, Ryan. Um, so I think Evangeline kind of like her instinct is to be like, I'm independent. I can like do this. And then she just like flashes back to everything that's happened and just says on, on, on second thought, um, parents are going to be home soon. Uh, Harvey's not going on stage for a while. Uh, I think I think I'm getting the same thought that you're having there. Officer Clark. And I agree. It's like hard cut to all of us watching SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> yep, with with Doris just just keeping thoughts inside. She very much wants to stay outside. Jiro is having a delightful time because Everett, I'm imagining you haven't seen SpongeBob before. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, so Jiro keeps asking you like, "Do you know who that is?" And then you don't know, and he gives you way too much backstory on each of the characters. He's very excited yeah. to get to teach someone this show. Uh, can you roll me? A uh, composure and a insight. Composure is three. Insight is two. Three successes. Uh, You are lucky in that the episodes that are airing right now are from the first two seasons of SpongeBob, which are acknowledged to be much better than the other ones. And you can like see through it and find the humor on top of Jiro's expectations. So you're like impressed. It seems like a pretty decent show. Yeah, yeah. No, Sandy Cheeks remind me reminds me of someone from back home. Yeah. (laughs) I like it a lot. Uh, And then the the front door opens uh, and an, an older couple come in who are in their mid 60s. Uh, they both are, are are coming through the door, and they're just like, "Hi, uh, Jiro. Is Jiro okay? Did Jiro do something? Jiro? Jiro's like they came, and then they had questions about Mister Kitty, and then they want to stay to say hi to you. Okay, buddy. Well, why don't you go to bed? Because it is really late, and we told you to stay in bed when we went to the store." Yeah, but I wanted to watch cartoons, and then, and then, I thought maybe I should go to bed because the police are going to leave, but then the big one told me to watch TV, so it's the big one's fault, and he just points right at Val, and they're like, okay, buddy, that's pretty good. How about you uh, go upstairs with your mom, uh, and she scoops Jiro up and takes him upstairs, and uh, this this older gentleman stands there, just says, uh, how can I help you, officers? Howdy, I'm Everett Fry. I'm taking a little break from solving vampire crimes to talk to y'all about the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, you can support these fine folks that bring you this show and other shows at a number of different levels. Well, hell, for just $1 a month, you get access to the patron-only Discord. Now, I don't know what a Discord is, but my understanding that it's a place where a bunch of the fans gather and hang out and it's quite active. Hell, even some of the cast members show up on there and they're quite active too. So if that uh, tickles your fancy into something you'd be interested in checking out, we'll just head on over to 
patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. What the hell's a Patreon? Yes. Would you be uh, uh, Mr. Kishimoto? Are you? Yes. Kenneth Kishimoto. I know he calls us mom and dad. He lost his parents when he was very young, where his grandparents, we don't correct him on it terribly much. I'm very, very sorry for your loss. Thank Um, you. I'm Officer Clark. Um, This is Officer Miller, Officer Barbara, and and Sheriff Fry. Um, Yeah, I've seen you on the news. Yeah. Uh, Is this related to the bombing? No, no. Uh, okay. Separate, okay, separate. That's good. Incident. Are Are you okay? Is I mean, I came home and found four vampires in a room with my child in the middle of my house. So, I mean, a little bit freaked out might be a fair way to say it. I'm aware of the power imbalance in this conversation, <laughs> but I'm trying to stay pleasant. Uh, would you prefer if we stepped outside? I mean, knowing how strong vampires are, that's kind of an illusion thing. So how about we just cut to the chase? What's going on? Why are you here with Jiro? A tragedy has befallen. Uh, Okay. Yes. uh, Jiro did uh, call us to uh, report his missing cat. (sighs) I'm sorry about that. I don't know why that needed all of your attention, but we'll we'll talk to him about knowing when to call and when not. Well, the thing is, it's, it's actually a good thing that he did call. Uh, because I'm sorry to say that his cat is likely dead. Uh, likely? Well, we, we only found a collar, but it was, it was in a pile of other dead animals. Um, this is, yes. Uh, so what are you vampires doing now? Uh, well, there's a crime scene behind your house. So just please stay out of the ravine and he goes and looks at the door and he's like what the fuck happened to the fence uh yes we will have that repaired for you um all right so what do you need from us i just want to know is jerome mentioned that he saw someone behind the house and gave us a description have you been aware of of anyone else uh anyone kind of in that area going through the ravine has there been increased activity i mean we run a like a 24-hour grocery store so we're, we're in and out of here a lot it's one of the reasons is hours are kind of so odd but we wanted to give like back to the community so i don't know he talked about the flower shirt man but he makes up a lot of people you Everyone know highly the creative. sketchbook to uh to evangeline Um, yes, no, that, uh, that man was real. Do we need to be worried about him? Uh, no, we're, we have a pretty good idea of who he is and know where he is and are about to, uh, question him. Okay. So you're no, no danger here. Uh, we just want to know if there's anyone, anyone other than the man in, in that shirt that maybe Jiro's mentioned or, or you've seen yourself. 
Okay, so if we're going to go through this, that's Flower Shirt Man that he's referred to. There's also the big elephant, Mr. Stuffykins, Spooky Spooky, as he calls this other thing. I can't tell that he has so many imaginary friends. I just assumed that they were all imaginary. I I mean, Mr. Elephant, it just is a large elephant. Pretty sure made up. Spooky, spooky. It looks like Casper when he talks about it. So I don't think that one's real. Like you may have found the one that's real and we just didn't know because he came up with a kind of dumb name. He's, he's real smart, but his names are so silly. Would you mind if we asked him just some questions about these other potentially imaginary, but potentially real people? I mean, if you want to ask him about the giant elephant, you can. Uh, one of you can go talk to him upstairs to get this information. He does not need four vampires asking him about his imaginary friends. Uh, well, Clark, why don't you go ahead? The mother's upstairs as well, or grandmother, I suppose. Yeah, oh, okay. I'll, I'll ask him. So Evangeline, you go upstairs and step into the room. Uh, the mom has overheard this. She introduces herself as Barbara. She's like, you, hmm. you can go in and ask the questions. I'm going to listen, but I'll support you. Thank so you, you. go in. Jiro's got a, a room that's just full of wild drawings and color and space aliens. And he's got a room where they clearly let him color and paint on the walls. So it's just a massive mural of drawings by a, somewhere between five to seven years of age. So the skill varies as he has gotten older. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's laying in a bed with a big Spider-Man blanket over him, pretending to be asleep. It is so clear he's pretending because he's holding everything tight, so shut, including his eyes. Um... Evangeline uh, gets down on the floor and sits cross-legged. Um, and are there any, like, toys nearby? Uh, his room is very clean, but you could reach into a shelf next to his bed that has a collection of either plastic action figures or there's one tub of stuffed animals. <clears throat> okay. And the uh, action figures include Barbies. It's not gender specific yeah, yeah, yeah. in the sense of like boy toys whatever all that shit's bullshit anyways but for him mm -hmm. it's just like he likes toys so it's just a big stack does he have any toys. like stuffed animal like cats or anything like that uh he does like a lot <laughs> of little kids they start with the stuffed version before their parents will yeah. get them the real thing so I'll, I'll pick out one of those and just say uh hey jiro what's what's this one's name oh i'm sorry i was asleep uh and then he rolls over oh. to look at the cat and he's like, oh, that one is Kitty. Kitty? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you keep Kitty nice and safe, okay? Okay. But um, you're holding Kitty. Here. You, 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 you take Kitty. Oh, nice. There you go. Um, so, Jiro, I know that you told... Officer Barbara about Flower Shirt Man. Yeah. Yep. I saw him with Mr. Kitty. Yeah. Um. Now, is there anyone else that you've been seeing around other than Flower Shirt Man? Maybe a Mr. Elephant or a oh yeah, spooky or can you can you just describe those? Sure. Which one do you want to hear about first? Uh, your choice. 
Okay, Mr. Elephant Man. He is an elephant who is as big as five houses. And he's 700 years old and he's purple. And, and he, he wanders around and he loves eating on cars. Just num, num, num. Off go the cars. He's so cool and he has a mustache. Okay. Okay. So Evangeline mentally crosses off Mr. Elephant Man in her head. Um, and, and what about what? Who else is there? I don't know. Spooky, spooky? Oh, yeah. Spooky, spooky is like a ghost who's also a baby. So you have to look after Spooky Spooky and feed him ghost foods or Spooky Spooky will cry. Wah, 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 like a baby. Do you want to see me be a baby? Um, in a minute. First, I'd, I I want to know more about Spooky Spooky and what kind of food does a ghost baby eat? Just ghost food, you know. Like what? It's um, um, well, like if you have a ghost garden... And then you grow ghost vegetables, and then you feed them to the baby because you want the baby to have strong bones. That's why I eat my vegetables for the bones. Okay. Um. Do you want to hold Spooky Spooky? And he reaches sure. over and picks up nothing and just hands you an invisible baby. And like, Evangeline like basically puts this in mimes like putting a holding a baby in her arm and like rocking it. That's good. You now feed him ghost food. Okay, Evangeline reaches over to a shelf and a bottle. Yeah. Oh, bottle. Oh, it's <laughs> in the bottle. Uh, ghost baby milk. Oh, good. He loves that. Oh, look how much he's eating. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's getting too full. Oh no, he popped. He'll come back later. Uh, oh, okay. And Evangeline kind of brushes herself off. Yeah. Um, now, is there any? Mm, Anyone else, maybe someone that you saw in the same place as Flower Shirt Man. Oh. Or maybe was with him or or maybe even came at a different time. Oh, you want to know like people I see around? Like the mailman comes around most days. And okay. then when I go to school, I see Mrs. Asher and I see like my friend Tim. <gasps> okay. And- that's yeah. nice. You see lots of people there. Um, what about in your backyard and behind your backyard? Sometimes the neighbors. Yeah? Yeah. Do they stay in their yard or they do they go yeah, behind their yard? Yeah, pretty much. Nobody's allowed to climb the fence because then you get hurt and that's how you get cuts on your leg. You see this? And he pulls out his calf and he points to his He's like, that's why I got climbing the fence and that's why you got to stay in your yard. Oh, Wow. You must have been so brave to try to get over that fence. Yeah, mom and dad sometimes say brave and stupid are very similar. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So you should always so, be a little bit afraid and then listen to the afraid. Yeah, but sometimes people don't listen to the afraid. Has anyone else been brave or stupid and gotten over that fence? No, I'm the bravest. And then, except for I, Mr. Flower Shirt default, Man. The stupidest. I mean, Mr. Flower Shirt Man was at the end of the fences because sometimes Mr. Kitty goes that far. So he didn't climb the fences. I saw him try to climb one, but he was not as brave as me. So he fell. Okay. So no one else other than Flower Shirt Man. No. Okay. I want to make up more to tell you stories, but 
I've liked your stories. Thank you for telling them to me. Thank you. Thank you. We should write a book together. (laughs) Yeah, that would be fun. Do you know who would really like to write a book? Who? Officer Miller at the festival. (gasps) We're going to write a book together with Officer Miller. It could be about spooky, spooky, the ghost baby. Sure can. Officer Miller could, could be the mom. Yeah. Or the dad. She, she'd be happy being either, I think. We could put them together and it could, Officer Miller is mad. Oh, yeah, that would be perfect. Yes. Okay. I'm going to make some notes. Uh, and he just reaches down and pulls out a piece of paper and starts making notes okay. on a large piece of paper for himself for his book with Officer Miller. <laughs> well, thanks so much for talking to me, Jiro. I'm going to go now, okay? But I'll see you later. Please, please find Mr. Kitty and bring him home to be my friend because I don't have a lot of friends. I'll try. Okay. okay and he bye. closes his eyes and squeezes really tight, pretending to be asleep, just <laughs> like he did before. And Evangeline gets up and leaves the room uh, and thanks Barbara. Thank you. Uh, And she just lets you go down the stairs to collect the rest of the team. While this whole conversation has been happening, the rest of you have been sitting in awkward silence with (laughs) Kenneth Kishimoto in the living room. Has anyone said anything to break this? Because he's definitely not going to. Did they introduce themselves to us like their first first names? Uh. He, and, yeah. I think, said his name was Kenneth. Yeah. Uh, his he wife has been, yeah, his wife okay. has been upstairs. So you haven't okay. met her. So we don't know her. Okay, never mind. He, he told us that her name is Barbara. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I think I think Doris is like in this kind of very fugue state, just kind of staring at nothing. And I think at one point she just kind of went, "If you put our names together, we'd be Barbara, Barbara, Barbara squared, Barbara times two. And then she just goes back to staring at nothing. It's just a scene from the British office of no one responding to this. It's just happening in the middle of the room and nobody can deal with it. Uh, you've got the information you are going to get. Uh, and and you is there anything you say as you file out of the house to go to the comedy club? Val would wait and be last and legit to turn to turn to Kenneth and just, good job raising that kid. He's lucky to have you. Then walks out. Oh. And Evangeline would just say, yeah, thank you very much, Mr. Kishimoto. Um, it seems like this Jiro hasn't seen anyone else. Um, so we think it was just this one perpetrator. That being said, please, if you see anything out of the ordinary, please let us know. Okay. Even uh, a missing cat can mean a lot in this town. And you file outside. I will have you, Evangeline, can you roll me a charisma and persuasion? And Val, you get to roll one die to add to this, which is you were a bunch of terrifying police officers in a dangerous town who were inside his house when he came home. But does he feel safer as you leave because you were nice to him than he did when this conversation started? Three successes. Add one. Yay. And as the four of you clear the door, you just hear him say behind you, you guys might not be as bad as I thought. And just the door closes uh, and you make your way over to Zany's 
Yay! The comedy club Woo! of New Haven, having won over a single citizen. <laughs> it begins. That's why she's the face of the police department, baby. <laughs> one by one, we're going to do it. So you arrive outside Zany's, uh, climb out of your vehicle, and you see Ray Hannibal, who three of you might be passingly familiar with in town, not in the sense that you would have talked to him. Uh, and Everett, you've dealt with Ray before. Ray has a bit of a bubbles from... Uh, like Bubs from the Wire vibe to him, dressed in all black, the stage manager special outside the comedy club doors. Uh, as you approach, he says, hey, you want to buy a ticket? Uh, Yeah, I think we got two comps here, and we're going to need uh, two more. All right, you give them to me. I think Evangeline has them. I, I'm assuming we as the group <laughs> give him two tickets. You were given two physical comps at your desk back at the station I like a week and a half ago. I don't have them on me. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say... They're in like the back of a drawer somewhere. Yeah, see, that ain't going to count. You got you to gotta have the comps or you got to buy a ticket. You want to buy a ticket? Yeah, four tickets. tickets. Great. Four tickets, that's going to be $200. What? Hey, man, where else are you going to get eight hours of stand-up comedy for $50? Nowhere. Just like for $50, right. no. No one else is charging that for comedy. No. No. Well, vampires are real rich, so people be paying. You all have shoes, right? Because if you ain't wearing shoes, I'm going to kill you. I hate bare feet so, so much. Keep your shoes on. I've killed people for less. Okay, her I like. You get a $25 ticket. All right. All right. Val is going to just pull money out of her wallet <laughs> and give him the, what, $175 now? No, exactly. I'm sorry. Why are we paying for this? We're here to question someone. We're here on official business. We're not here to enjoy a comedy show. All right, then you got to wait about six more hours and whoever you got to talk to can come out when the show's done. I'm getting compelled, this guy. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> like, Yay! Doris has cats to, to avenge. <laughs> Compellium while he's being paid. I like it. All right. What, what are the mechanical rules for this one, Doris? Um, it's uh, my charisma plus dominate versus his intelligence and resolve. Okay. Let's find out. One, two, three, four. That is four successes. Ooh. What happens for him? Holy shit. <laughs> he gets... Five successes. Ugh, fuck. Uh, including a messy success. Oh, no. Multiple tens. You're three damn. tens. One in a hunger die. Wow. <laughs> and he's like, all right, new deal. You don't get to go inside because you tried to control my fucking mind. Tickets are now $1,000 a piece. And you Sorry, can't Val come in. I don't like you. Val I don't like you. Bella's going to handcuff this guy. <laughs> Bullshit you are. Uh you you're now fighting Ray Hannibal. Right. <laughs> fucking I'm fine hell. with that. She tried to make it simple. This is the next simplest step. <laughs> tried to make it simple by controlling his mind. She All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh this will be a, a grapple. So it will be a competition of uh strength and athletics if you're trying not to do damage to him, strength and brawl if you're willing to do damage to him to take him down. I'll be nice. Meanwhile, Evangeline's just like standing back, with, like her arms crossed, like one hand kind of like on her forehead, just like saying like, oh, we can't do like a single thing right. This is 
wild. Five successes. All right. He only had three. So he puts up a fight, but you, you managed to handcuff him. And he's like, I, fuck you, you goddamn police just stealing. You're stealing from Harv. You're stealing from the big man. Uh, you got no right. You got no right. Like he's just he's just gonna, going off. She's going to put him in the back of the police vehicle, the police cruiser, and then come back to the door and look at Everett like, OK. <laughs> he's just yelling from inside the car. So you're, you're good to go. In. All right, then. Uh, he'll, he'll hold the door open and say, after y'all. Effective. No. <laughs> Let's just go inside and carry on. So you enter the club. Inside, It is uh, there. there is a front we'll say lobby area, but it's really just a bar within a bar. It is a smaller area with a wraparound bar before you go into the seating proper where you can see what looks like the traditional shitty stand-up setup that you find inside coffee houses in Toronto or other places. It's a rundown place. There's a stage at the end. It's lit, but not that great. There's a vampire up there who just looks tired. Like the the comedy is there. The crowd is pretty sparse, but it's less empty than you'd think. Uh, one of the interesting things about New Haven, especially that this is comedy from vampires for vampires, is vampires tend to have a shitload of money because they've been around for so long that pricing for a vampire is really pretty ephemeral as opposed to where we would be used to it more in these in these times where we'd be like, what the fuck are they charging for these tickets? Uh, Harv is watching the person. He is in the bar watching the stage, making notes on their set to give them feedback at the end of how they could really pump up this crowd next time. Uh, you enter. What do you do? All right, everyone have a look around. I spotted Harvey over there. I'm going to go talk to him, see if we can do this without any kind of conflict. Should Don't go. get charged for anything. Just pay them. Get a receipt. We can get reimbursed back at the goddamn station. Should we cover the exits in case he makes a run for it? I got a feeling I can talk it to him, but uh, yeah, yeah, you better do that. All right. So you All can right. see there is the front exit. There is an emergency exit on the left side of the room at the midpoint of the space. And then there are two exits into the back off of either stage. So if you wanted okay. to take position to block the exits, you'd have to choose between those four doors who's going where. Uh, Ryan, sorry, something just occurred to me. Would it be acceptable to you to say that I took pictures of the crime scene with my phone? Oh, camera? yeah, 100%. Okay. 100%, yes. Thanks. Um, yeah, I think Doris would choose the position wherein she could keep an eye a best eye on this um horrifying person who right if you assume everett's going to be with harv which is closest to the front door then you could take the the door to the left that is midway through the audience that'd be the closest okay which means val and evangeline you will be at the ones by the stage evangeline yeah. what do you do with percy is he just staying with you oh yeah great he's, so he's just following he's hanging you out oh yeah hell yeah um, he's a good boy. He, he stays very close to me. Yeah, the comedy, you guys aren't really paying attention to it because you've got like high stakes things going on. But every once in a while from the floor, you just hear like a punchline hit and Percy be like, <laughs> like <he's really laughs> getting some of the jokes and having a good time. 
So Percy's very pleased. Um, Everett, you approach Harv. I'll uh, I'll sit down beside him and I'll say, uh, "Hey, Harv. Hey, I'm glad you can make it out. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you. Um, hey, listen, I got something pretty important to talk to you about. Could we uh, could we step aside somewhere a little bit quieter? Yeah, sure. You want to step out front? Sure. Yeah, let's do that. All righty. Uh, so you you lead him out the front door. Uh, the rest of you see him lead him out the front door. I don't know what you do, but we're going to cut to outside and we'll figure out what happens inside in a moment. You can come <laughs> with me if you want to. It doesn't matter. They're at the far end of the comedy clubs. So it's going to take them a minute one way or the other because they're <laughs> at, at the rear entrances. Uh, you step out onto the street and Harvard's like, what can I What can I do for you? Hey, man, this is fucking bullshit. Fuck you, man. These cops are bullshit. And he's like, why'd you, did you guys arrest Ray Hannibal? That's, that's my front door, man. What'd he do? Yeah, he tried to charge us a thousand bucks and wouldn't let Officer Barber come in. Wait, what'd uh, you do? Because a thousand dollars, this is this person's causing a problem. Price. Yeah, yeah. Officer Barber was, uh, I would say, asserting her authority as a deputy of the sheriff's department, and uh, he kind of bucked there. So Officer Miller bucked back. He's sitting in the back of the car now. All right, what do I got to do to get him out of there? Uh, him getting out of that car. Uh, I don't want you to think that you have to do anything that you don't want to do or that you owe me any favors or anything like that. Uh, I'll, we'll probably let him go after this. I don't think he's caused any serious trouble here. Um, My only complaint is with the word probably. You make that a guarantee for an old friend? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. All right, then. Ray, calm down. I don't want to calm down. No, no, no. Calm down, Ray. We're going to get you out of there in a minute. But uh, what, what can I do for you? Uh a friend all right Harv, i'm just gonna lay it out uh someone matching your description was uh spotted uh prowling the ravine out in the uh, malkavian district where we found a cave full of animal corpses oh, you know anything about that? that fuck i was supposed to bury those I, it's just i you know you get hungry and these shows are so long and i gotta help the other comedians so like i I hit him, and then I figured I'd go out and bury him. That's not the way things work in this town, Harv. Vampires what? are hungry. They, there are channels you go through to, to eat. You've caused a real problem in this town. I mean, they, they keep sending me this blood, but it just makes me throw up. you got to specify to them what kind of blood works for you, Harv. Okay. But it's animal blood for you. Yeah, yeah, but... But, like, I, I tried storing some up, and it just doesn't fill me the same amount. I always stay a little bit hungry. The monster's always a little bit present. That's why, I, that's why I've been eating so many, because here's the deal. There's people in here, and they heckle you. Like, if your jokes ain't good, they, they go at you. And I'll tell you, if you're fucking hungry, the beast can come out. And I cannot afford to ruin the reputation of this club because I tried to murder a heckler. Yeah. Yeah, I've had my own kind of uh, encounters with the beast lately. And, well, have uh, you been drinking things till they die? No, I have not. Well, if not, you do uh, that, you ain't hungry at all. But that's not what we do here in this town. Drinking folk, drinking animals till they die. That's just but I mean, not the deal here. I mean, why, why not? Like when we were in Montreal... Everybody ate everything till it died. People were eating people all over the place. I ate a squirrel, I ate a cat, I ate a dog. I feel like that's way better than a person. 
Yeah, I mean, well, you're not in Montreal anymore. You were brought here by some fucking benefactor who's putting you up in a comedy club where you got to do what? Fucking eight hours of material. I mean, I only do two, but I help the others. And then you're putting yourself in a situation where you might murder a heckler. I mean, uh, no, I'm not. That's I, why I eat all the people in the woods. I all told those, those people. Little, well, no, I don't no, fucking. I just you make me talk so fast and then I get nervous. No, it's just animals. You know I me. Mean? I can't eat people. I barf everywhere and it's fucked up. No, I just eat animals. So I don't hurt people. I think viewer. sacrificing a, a raccoon or a cat or a dog every day to make sure nobody dies. I think that's a good deal. Harv, Harvey, you were brought here as a political pawn. Well, let's not jump that far. I was brought here as a talented comedian. You know, uh, I think I think Montreal is the bigger kind of comedy hub, buddy. I think uh, I think you belong out there. But I signed a two-year contract. I ain't got the money to breach. And Testy Rosa knows fucking everything. He fa- he scouted me from there. You got this contract somewhere? I mean, so, I, I mean, I signed it. I remember reading it. I got it like an email. Do you have a copy of the contract? Yes, yeah, it's the sheriff in my email. New Haven. I might be able to get you out of it on some kind of technicality or something. But ultimately, I think you need to leave town, Harvey. Why? Because as sheriff, it's my responsibility to kill people that are breaking the laws here and things like that. Wait, wait, wait. Friend, what and I what don't law want did that I break? To happen to you. You're running the risk of exposing the masquerade or whatever by having a giant fucking pile of animal corpses in a cave. But everybody here upset. knows. Everybody here knows we're vampires. Like, it ain't breaking no masquerade. I know the six laws. I didn't break fucking none of them. Vampires You're don't ups- give a fuck about animals. Your behavior is upsetting a lot of folk in this town. We've been getting calls, Harvey. 45, we counted 45 fucking animals. You've been here, what, a week and a half? This ain't tenable, my friend. This ain't something you can sustain. Okay, what if I find a different source? Maybe I can make a deal. There's got to be a butcher shop somewhere. I could eat the cows before they chop them up or something. Yeah, maybe. I think for now I have to... I have to bring you back to the station for now. You're going to lock me up? For tonight, I think so. I'm going to have to talk talk with uh, Officer Bart, some of my deputies, figure out some of the options. I'm new to this, but I'm, I'm going to go to bat for you, buddy. I'm going to make sure that you get the best deal I can get for you. But honestly, it's my job to keep the peace, and it seems like the general solution for sheriffs to keep the peace is to kill whatever's causing disturbances. And I don't want that for you, buddy. Now this contract thing is going to be an issue for you. We will get a look at that contract. There's a lawyer guy who shows up in a box once a week or something like that. Maybe he can help us. I don't know, but um, yeah, (laughs) what you did is a crime in the eyes of new Haven and uh, you got to stop. I got to take you downtown. Okay, here's where we got to do the role. It'll either be charisma and persuasion or composure and persuasion. Whether you feel like you're in a position to try to win him over or whether you feel like you're in a situation where you're trying to stay in control of a situation where you're fucked up and you're trying to win him over. Um, I think I'm trying to come at him straight about this. Um, so I think it's um, charisma. I think I'm just 
here's here's the facts, man, and I'm trying to give you the best deal I can. So I think that's charisma more than composure. Okay, um, yeah. Let's they're the that. same stat, they're the same value. Um, and persuasion is nothing, so <laughs> because Everett's not a people person. <laughs> no. Fuck my life. No. That is. Oh no. A messy success. <laughs> no. <laughs> this episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn 1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Weeze, D&D and Things, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.